Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Thrive After Sports podcast. I'm your host, as always, Taj Deshaun. Oh, if you're joining us on the Power of Story podcast via self-published in 30 days, thank you for tuning in there as well. Folks, I've been looking forward to doing this interview with this man all week. I'm here with Shay Harrison, also known as Shea Butter. I only call him Shea Butter. I don't even use the government name. I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, just to preface this conversation, Shay is a, a client that I work with. He went through my Thrive After Sports program in 2020. Uh, was that last year, Shay? It was early 2020, yeah. Damn, man, it seems like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to give some context for why I wanted to have Shay on and what we're about to dive into, Shay completed the Thrive After Sports program in 2020. We've been keeping in touch, uh, especially recently. We've been in touch a lot more often. But if you are a former athlete and you're feeling lost, that's what this show is all about. Hence the name Thrive After Sports. And Shay has a phenomenal story of not only crafting a vision for yourself, carving out that vision, but sticking to the vision, staying persistent, and uh, really manifesting the vision and putting yourself in the right position to make some magic happen. So let's dive into it. Um, Oh, also, not just if you're a former athlete, if you are the coach of a former athlete, um, the parent, a friend, whoever it is, share this episode out because Shay's story is super inspiring. I'm inspired by it. And um, this is going to be a good one, y'all. So let's go into it. I know I gave you a brief introduction. Shay, you were a former baseball player at Willamette University. And um, just tell people who you are and what you're up to these days before we talk about the tale of Shay Butter. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me on. Um, you have been very integral in the last two years of my life, trying to find myself, trying to redefine myself as an adult compared to a student athlete. So thank you. And everyone watching, please share with others. Taj is one of the most genuine people I've ever met. Um, and, you know, people do things with sincere, genuine motivation, not for validation, but they do it because they believe in what they're doing. So Taj is one of those people. Um, I'm Shay Harrison. People call me Butter. Everything's better with Butter. Shay Butter. Uh, I live in San Diego right now in beautiful Ocean Beach. I am looking out my window to SeaWorld. Um, I moved down here in February of this year uh, from the San Francisco area. So if you're familiar with the San Francisco area, it is in Berkeley. I was born and raised in El Cerrito. I'm an ex-baseball player. Just trying to find his way. Uh, I'm 27 now, so I graduated at 21, and I moved back in with my parents in El Cerrito. Thank them for being able to uh, let me do that. Lived there for a couple of years, trying to figure things out. Um, you know, taking some sales jobs. You know how it is if you're in sports. Everyone tells you you'd be great in sales because you know how to talk to people and because you're competitive. And those are great things, and that's a great way to start. Um, but every single individual is different in their own way and sales might not be what you're looking for in the corporate space. And that's where I struggled for a couple of years from 21 to 25. And I wouldn't say I'm struggling now, but I'm still in the process of trying to figure out who it is I am. How can I define myself as a young adult getting closer to my thirties? <clears throat> Um, me personality wise, I'm very outgoing. I love being around people. I love music. Um, I was born and raised towards the end of the Bay area hyphy movement. So I love that kind of culture. Um, I'm very passionate about creating experiences for people and allowing people to be who they are. 
um, which kind of was one of those things that Taj pinpointed in our first couple conversations through his Thive After Sports. Um, and we'll get into that a little deeper, but I'm Shay, I'm Butter. I'm very approachable. I am exactly who I am on social media. Anyone who knows me from social media and anyone who knows me in person, I hope will tell you that um, I'm, I'm a genuine person. I like to do what I like to do. And I like to make sure that everyone else around me who is experiencing what I'm experiencing is comfortable doing so. So that's me. Yes, sir. Thank you for sharing that, brother. And thank you for your kind words at the beginning. I received that. I received those kind words. And um, one of the things that you that you talked about, man, was moving back in with your parents. Right. Um, like many athletes, me included, that was one of the things that I guess I wasn't anticipating how difficult that would be. Like you said, thank God for your parents for letting you even move back home. A lot of people don't have that luxury like you and I did. But that in and of itself, man, can you just talk about what that was like going from, you know, playing ball in college, being, you know, living the grown man college lifestyle to coming back home and now you're in your childhood bedroom? What was that experience like? Yeah, uh, it definitely was unexpected. Um, I did plan on doing that, though. So for me, I knew that I was going to be moving back in with my parents for months leading up to graduating college. I'm very comfortable in my nature. I make decisions that I know what the outcome is going to be like um, because it comforts me. I'm very particular in how I go about things and make decisions. So luckily I was somewhat prepared for what I was getting into. Um, you know, I also had a lot of friends that I grew up with and that I went to high school with and a lot of friends that I met in college that lived in the Bay area. So I knew that I had social groups to be a part of. I knew that I had, you know, an adult softball league to join, to continue to play baseball. Um, and I knew that I was capable as a person to slowly build myself up. Um, but there were some things that were difficult living at home. Um, and I don't mean to say that and have someone who didn't have that opportunity look at me and go, oh, well, you should be grateful. Yes, everyone should be grateful with what they have. But that doesn't mean that you, you know, don't go through certain things and that you can't complain about certain things. Um, <clears throat> so I'll start. My parents are very loving. My mom is my spiritual guide. She uh, she has taught kids with high functioning autism and Asperger's for 22 years now. Um, so she's that very patient, understanding, compassionate person. Um, and then the yin to the yang, my dad on the other side, uh, very, very typical salesman, very competitive, very out there, doesn't care what you think, says what's on his mind. Um, and one of the difficult things that I didn't realize after living on my own and, you know, a lot of things happen between 18 and 21. Um, what you look like, what you feel like, who you start to hang out with, how you start to think. And you start to realize once you get away from, you know, your parents' beliefs and you get away from, you know, your friend groups that you used to grow up with for 18 years of your life, hopefully you start to question things and you start to ask yourself why you believe things you do, how you go about having conversations with people rather than arguments. Um, and so my point is, my dad and I are very alike. And for that reason, we butt heads. Uh, so one of the biggest things that I had to deal with was, okay, I left college be like with that alpha mentality. You know, I played baseball for four years. People on campus knew who I was. Uh, and then I go back home and I realize, okay, my dad 
is the man of the household. I have to respect what he wants. I have to, you know, do the things that my parents told me I needed to do if I was going to be able to live at home. Keep your job, you know, <laughs> make your bed, make us a meal once a week, things like that. Uh, and it took me a while to get away from my stubborn 18 year old child mind and to get into that adult mind and realize that, yes, these are my parents that I'm living with and I can treat them as that, but I also have to treat them as roommates as well. And I have to respect that I'm living in their space. And luckily again, I didn't have to pay too much. I was very, very lucky to be in the situation that I was, but with that came consequences. Um, and so, you know, for a couple of years, it was, it was hard. I had my ups and downs, button heads with my dad, button heads with my mom. Um, but ultimately they're understanding people. And so am I as a result of them. And um, you kind of figure out your way. Uh, you kind of, you know, push yourself to find a hobby so that you're not always at home. You push yourself to, understand how to talk to people that are older than you a little bit differently than when you were, Hey mom, Hey dad, you're in high school. You know, you wake up at six in the morning, you're gone for eight hours at work. I go to the gym. So I go to the gym right after work. Sometimes I get home at 8 PM. Maybe there's not food on the table. Maybe I'm in a bad mood. And then, you know, this thing leads to the next thing. Um, it took a while to feel those things out, but like I said, knowing who my parents were and knowing who I was, we were able to have those conversations when we needed to have those conversations. Um, but I would say that was probably the biggest barrier was kind of trying to relearn how to be roommates with my parents. Because after four years of growth, being away in college for four or five, six months at a time, I come back home and I'm their kid again. And I'm like, oh, no. OK, how do I? How do I act differently to show them that I'm doing what they want me to do? But also, how do I do what I want to do? You know, and that was the other barrier um, that I had to kind of hurdle over. And I talked to you about this, Taj, in terms of the first time I thought about reaching out to Anthony Presents after I went to one of his events and thinking about what my parents would think if I stepped out of a comfortable sales position that had benefits and went the entrepreneur events route. Um, and so that was another big thing that I had to deal with was like, okay, do what is right. Do what is going to bring you a steady income. That's going to allow you to live on your own, going to allow you to eat, going to allow you to be mentally happy, but also be comfortable being uncomfortable make those decisions that you don't know what the end result might be. Um, and I'm still working on that right now, but, uh, that was, those are the two, those are the two barriers, uh, for me, for sure. Moving back home, but luckily I'm here and still talk to my parents. I love them. Uh, nothing went wrong. Nothing went by the wayside there. Um, so just super grateful for that opportunity because without that adversity, I wouldn't have learned some of the things that I learned. And so I'm grateful for the lows more than I am the highs. Mm. Wow, that's powerful, man. You brought up a lot of great points. I mean, just it is very humbling to move back home, you know. And the thing was, I remember when we first connected, it's not like you were having any trouble making money. Like you said, you were in a good job. You have a great personality. You know how to talk to people. That wasn't the issue you were facing. It's like, how am I going to get a job and get an income? Your issue was on a deeper level, just like me, just like many other athletes. Like, 
what does the rest of my life look like? Because just because you, a lot of people, they want to check the box and say, I'm in a job and I'm making money and that's it. And they just kind of, you know, go through the monotony of life. But you, man, uh, I can tell from our first conversation, that's not something you were going to settle for. You had like this and you still got it, man, this fire that burns inside of you. You're like, I need to figure out something else because this ain't it. I feel like I'm, I'm meant to do something else. So just for people listening, because I know a lot of athletes are in that boat. How did you go about the process of, because we're going to get into what you're doing now and how that all came together, which is a crazy story in and of itself. But how did you begin to identify what it is that you wanted to do and start to cultivate that vision so you could even start breaking away from just, you know, going to a job and making money? What was the cultivation process like? Yeah, um, in the least egotistical way that I could say this, I know a lot and I know exactly what I want for myself in my life. And this goes for everyone else too, who's questioning certain things. A lot of the times when you think you're not clear and when, when you're cloudy, you know exactly the answer that you're looking for. Sometimes it just takes someone else on the outside, outside of your brain to bring you there. And I think that's something that, you know, anyone who's a teacher or a coach in any way, I think that's something that they're good at. And that's something that Taj immediately knew. I mean, we had eight hour long conversations throughout the program. And we had talked on LinkedIn months before having little conversations here and there. And I truly believe that at the beginning of those conversations, Taj could look at me and he knew exactly how I was going to answer the questions that he was asking me, but he had to, he had to bring me there. Um, and so to answer the question now, how did I cultivate that thought and that confidence in what I wanted for myself as a change? And I answer that like this. So like I said earlier, one of my greatest strengths and one of the things that brings me the most joy is creating an experience for another person. Uh, I brought up my mom earlier who has been teaching kids with autism and Asperger's for 20 years and before that kids with severe physical disabilities as well. Um, and for those of you who don't know, so the autistic spectrum is very, very broad. She focuses mainly on students who are high functioning autistic. What that means in my interpretation of it through her is that these, these kids are, are very smart. They have a couple things that they're very, very, very good at, right? But what they lack is the ability to pick up on certain social cues is the biggest catchword, social cues. And so what my mom does for them is she kind of goes into their brain and tries to think about what they're thinking to try and pull out the best versions of themselves, right? When they're struggling with a thought and they can't get over something that happened in a class because they didn't understand how to read another person and that other person, you know, lashed out at them. My mom can go in and kind of cut that off right there and bring them back to a place where they can finish their assignment or they can go to sleep happy. And so for me, what Taj was doing in that sense was he kind of went into my brain and knew where I needed to be to answer the question in the way that I needed to answer the question. And so what he did for me was he was like, okay, what do you like? I like being around people. Okay. I like talking to people. All right. I like music. I like dancing. Uh, you know, I have friends that are in events. I have friends that are trying to rap. 
Uh, I've befriended certain people in the, you know, entrepreneurial or events industry in San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, let's get the ball rolling there. And that's when I came to the realization that I love creating experiences for people, right? If I'm at, you know, take it back to college. If I'm at a house party in college, I know who I am, right? I know who I am. And I can look around to other people and I can say, they know who they are. They don't know who they are. And especially if you're at my house or if you have something that I was a part of creating, I want to make sure that if I see you over in the corner uncomfortable, I want to bring you to the place that you know that you're capable of being, right? I want to create this experience for you more so than I want to create this experience for me. Because like I said, I get the most joy out of seeing someone get to where they didn't know that they could get to in a certain period of time. And that's kind of when it started was in college. I started to realize that I loved creating an experience for someone. Right. And so I graduate college. I, you know, in college, any athlete knows how much time you spend playing sports, practicing at the gym, going to study hall. So I didn't get to do the kind of college party as much as I like to do the college party. And I like to have some fun. And so when I graduated, I hung out with three of my closest friends who all played sports in college as well. And so what we did over the first, first year was we were going out, out, out. We were going bars, clubs, music shows, all these kind of things, right? And there was this one experience in particular that brought me closer to this realization of where I wanted to be right now and where I am right now. Um, shout out to Anthony Presents. If you're from the Bay Area and you are ingrained in the hyphy movement culture, the music, the food in any way, you probably know who he is. And if you don't look him up, he is one of the most genuine people I've ever met. And he throws some of the most wild functions I've ever been a part of. So I go to this go to this function. It's at the end up in San Francisco. It's called Sundays with a Z, S-U-N-D-A-Z-E. And it was his birthday that day. So me and my homies, we go. Um, people of all colors, people of all different religions, people were wearing all these different things. Obviously the Henny was flowing and it was a birthday party for him, right? And uh, we're having a good time. We're dancing with people. And I remember I had this video taken of me that I didn't know at the time. I had a video taken of me dancing with, with a girl who I didn't know. We we're just having a good time, danced for a couple minutes, gave her a hug, walked away. It was all cool. You know, it's just the Bay way. Um, we're walking home to Bart and all of a sudden I see that Anthony, the promoter of the event posted this video on Instagram. It blew up and went viral. I had friends from different States who were, who were hitting me up going, Oh my God, is this you? Oh my God, is this you? Now that's beside the point what actually happened in the video, but what happened in my mind is I was like, damn, Anthony created this experience for me that I will never forget. He created this experience for everyone that was there and everyone that watched that video that they will never forget. And what I did at that point is I associated Anthony presents with a good time. So I was like, okay, anything that Anthony presents is a part of, even just after meeting him one time, I can guarantee that if I go be a part of that, I will have a good time. And if I tell someone else, I have a good time. And so a couple of weeks later, he put out a post on Instagram and he's like, I'm looking for 
you know, bottle service girls. I'm looking for bartenders. I'm looking for people who are interested in getting into the event space. Send, send an email in. Tell me why you're worth it. We're going to do some hiring in the next month. This brings me to sitting in a rental car from the Portland airport down to Salem, Oregon, going to visit my brother for alumni weekend at my old college with my parents. I'm typing this message to Anthony about my experience at that time, why I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I saved it, went through the weekend, enjoyed myself, came home, looked at it, and I just couldn't send it. And I couldn't send it because I was worried about making a decision that had an outcome that I was unsure about. And then I started to think about what my dad would think, what my mom would think. And I started to get, you know, antsy. And so I never followed through with it. Go to early 2020 when I'm early in the conversations with Taj. And that's when he's asking me, what do you like? Music, dancing. Do you have anyone that you look up to? And I was like, no, not really. And he's like, do you have anyone that you look up to? And I'm like, oh, I don't really know. Do you have anyone that you look up to? You know, forcing <laughs> me to answer that question because that's a very important question. And that's when I realized, I was like, okay, like, all right, fine. I'll share this story with Taj. And I share this story with Taj and he's on the other end of the phone. And he's just like, dude, this is what you want to do. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, is it? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. And then we start talking about it more. We start breaking it down. And then I, you know, I'm throwing out ideas. And that's when I realized I wanted to get out of sales because I did not like how the nine to five corporate sales made me feel. I wasn't motivated by money. I wasn't motivated by any of the other things that that job was giving me. I was motivated by creating experience for people, right? And so that's when I realized, okay, I wanna try and figure out how I can get myself into the event space, into the entrepreneurial event space, particularly revolving around music, arts, and culture. Um, and so, that would have been great to connect with this guy, Anthony, if I was still wanting to live in the Bay Area. But growing up in the Bay Area, anyone knows growing up in the same place, sometimes you need to get out. Sometimes you like to stay there. I needed to get out. I needed to experience things on my own. So I made the decision in 2020 to move to San Diego. Unfortunately, COVID happened. So I waited an entire year, learned a lot, went through a lot that year. But 2021 in February, I finally moved to San Diego with the intention of finding a small group that I could kind of get my feet wet in the entrepreneurial events space, um, in particularly revolving around house music. I love house music. House music matches my energy. Um, and being at those kind of events that Anthony threw even though they were focused on, you know, Bay Area culture, Bay Area songs and, and hyphy movement, rap and hip hop. I was like, OK, I can do this with house music. Um, and that's kind of how I got to the decision to move from corporate sales to entrepreneurial events. Now, I still work in corporate sales as my nine to five. Um, but on the side, I also am doing exactly what I wrote down on paper, exactly what I talked to myself about in my meditation, talked to Taj about, talked to my parents, talked to my friends about. And I can't just sit here and say that, you know, I just thought about doing something and I did it. I'm very spiritual in nature. Um, and like Taj talked about early, I manifested where I am right now. And I'm not even close to where I want to be. 
But the way that I got here is kind of wild in that sense for someone who just started to step into that second tier of, of understanding how the world works. Um, and so if you want me to go into that, I can go into kind of how I found the group that I found. Yeah, yeah. One second, though. I want to take a step back because yeah. there's a few things I want to pull up. Before I even get into that, this viral video, do you mind if I share that? Because that had me. Please rolling. go ahead. Okay. man. All right. So if you're tuned in right now, if you're listening to the podcast on audio, click the link in the description to watch uh, the, the video interview and just go to this moment right now, because I'm going to drop that clip of Shea Butter that went viral right here. Okay, so now that you finished watching that, you, you see why it went viral. You see why it went viral. <laughs> so I remember the day you sent that to me, man, and it had me rolling. And, and the funny thing about it is that it even, it kind of solidified even more that I felt like that, you know what I mean? I think that was confirmation for you too. Like, this is what you're born to do. But something I wanted to pull out of what you shared, man, is you didn't just have this idea about what you wanted to do. You immediately went into action, you know? And like you said, you had an email put together, but you hesitated. But the bottom line is you got it done. It doesn't matter how long it took, you got it done. And that's what I really want people to get. So what Shay was able to do was cultivate a vision. Hey, I know for a fact I want to do this. Like, I would enjoy this type of lifestyle. It fits your personality. It fits just everything you're about. But then you started taking action towards making it happen. Even with you moving to San Diego, which we'll get into in a little bit, um, you didn't just say, oh, I want to move to San Diego. You started looking for jobs in San Diego just to get you there, to get you on your feet. Um, and I'm bringing this up because I know we're about to get into like how you actually manifested this. But a lot of people these days, man, they think man manifestation is just, you know, you, manifestation doesn't work unless you do is what I'm really getting at. And you're a testament to that. So, OK, let's let's pick back the story. So you have the vision. You reach out to Anthony. And then what happens next? How do you end up in San Diego doing everything you're doing now? Yeah. Um, so Anthony responded. Uh, well, I didn't send the email. And when I first started going through the program with Taj, when he realized that Anthony was the guy that I looked up to, he was like, okay, I want you to write him a message and send it to him by the end of the week. I'm driving home from work from San Carlos to San Francisco, just passing SFO. And Taj calls me, he goes, have you sent a message yet? I'm like, nah, like I haven't written it yet. I'll, I'm going to write it when I get home. Okay. When can I expect for you to text me and say that it's done? Uh, okay. Uh, it'll be done by eight. No, no, no. Okay. How about this? Pull off the road right now. I'm like, what? <laughs> Pull off the highway, put your phone on speaker next to you and write this message. I'll be there and I'm not getting off until you're done. So I pull off the road and I write this message to Anthony, write it down about, hey, you know, I went to the event. I felt this way. I wrote this message, but then I never sent it a year and a half, two years later. Here I am. And I sent it to Anthony. He responded because we, we I befriended him. He knew who I was. So he responded. He's like, yeah, let's try and set something up. And I didn't follow through with it. But that enough, like you like you were saying, Taj, was I acted upon it in some certain way that allowed me to keep going. Um. Fast forward, uh, finally decided to move to San Diego, had a homie down here. He's like, yo, I found this spot, two person apartment, sign a lease. Let's go. Moved down to San Diego. Uh, I had traveled the Pacific Northwest from October to December, just by myself driving around Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, just trying to reset my life 
um, going through some things in my head, some, some exterior things in life that I luckily got through and uh, learned some great lessons from. And so I finally come down to San Diego in February and I take a couple of weeks down here surfing every day. You know, I didn't drink. I didn't do anything for like a month. I'm just like, you know, full reset. Month goes by. Okay, let's start looking for a job. I use my connections in the electrical industry up in the Bay Area and found a corporate job down here with a great company that I'm working with right now. Um, and while I was doing that, I had in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to find some small group. Somehow I'm going to get, you know, find someone who looks at me a certain way and goes, oh, okay, he can be value. He can be a value to me. And what I started doing was I just started going out to places by myself. I go listen to house music by myself. I, you know, find a bar that I liked and then I'd meet someone there and they'd say, go talk to this person, go talk to this person. Three weeks in from moving to San Diego, I'm at a house party in La Jolla. Beautiful house. Kids with stupid money. It's La Jolla. Um, listening to house music, eating tacos, you know, what's better? I go use the restroom and I come back outside and my group of friends that I was with are talking to this guy and I hear him talking. I'm just kind of like, you know, laid back. And he's like, yeah, I'm a DJ, just kind of started. Like I'm a part of this small group. We throw, you know, monthly events on Mission Bay. They're free donations based. We're just, we're just trying to get something started. Um, you know, COVID kind of brought us together, da, 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 da. And obviously I hear DJ and I'm like, so I wait for him to talk and I introduce myself and I explain to him exactly what I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm not a DJ. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not an event coordinator. I'm not an artist manager, but this is what I want to do. And this is why I think I'll be good at it. So then he's like, yeah, we have an event coming up uh, in two weeks. Come check it out. All right, cool. So I go to this event. I brought like 30 people with me that I had just met. And every one of this group, it's just noise was like, Oh, okay. Shay, you know, thanks for bringing people along. Like, you know, you should definitely come to the next one. All right, cool. So I go to the next one. Little did they know, I'm like, all right, I'm here for business today. So I show <laughs> up early. I help them set up. I'm asking them all these questions. I'm like, okay, you guys got five DJs. There's one other person who's kind of like the promoter guy, you know, going out and getting connections. And I'm like, this is who I am. This is what I want. I'm a part of this group, right? They were like, yeah, yeah, why not? Um, That was back in... March. And so the spirituality thing, manifestation thing, um, I didn't meet this guy, Brad, at the party for no reason, right? I think everything happens for a reason. And I'll stop on that point just for the people that are hesitant to get into manifestation or don't understand spirituality in a certain way. I think there's a negative connotation with that phrase, everything happens for a reason. I think people assume that if everything happens for a reason, it must be for like a good reason, or it must be this grand thing. Oh, I fell on my bike. Someone walks up to me and goes, everything happens for a reason. Get out of here. I don't want you to tell me that. Okay, fine. Right. There might be some kind of aspect. Maybe you don't, maybe you uh, get home at the right time because you fell off your bike and you missed a crash or something like that. I think that rather than thinking about that phrase in everything happens for a reason, think about it like this. Everything happens to allow you to be present. And if you allow yourself to be present, you can see in that moment what that moment is for. 
It might not be positive. It might not be negative. It might just be a moment for you to kind of take a break. Um, but everything happens for a reason just allows you to be present and see things as, as they are and feel the emotions in, in the moment. Um, and so I kind of worked with my brain a lot over the last year and I kind of understood that differently. And that's when I was like, okay, let me latch onto this a little bit more. And so that's when I was like, all right, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know that I'm going to get it done. I'm just going to go out there and eventually I'll meet someone and then they'll introduce me to this person. Da, 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 da. So that's how I believe that happening. I put it out in the world that I wanted to meet someone who was going to give me an opportunity with a non-established group. Right. And that's exactly what happened when I met this guy, Brad. Um, anyway, so I meet this guy, Brad, and I get part of this group. It's just noise. Um, and so from January up until last month was October, we've been throwing monthly parties, um, in mission beach, right by SeaWorld. They're free. They're donations based. People show up because they want to show up. We play music. We have a good time. Sometimes we make a little money. Sometimes we don't. Um, what we do within that group is we throw these monthly parties, but we have a long-term plan of what we want to do, um, which I'll get into a little bit later. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, that's really how I got into it. I put it out in the world, what I wanted. I created a, you know, a, a loose chronological order timeline of how I wanted to make things happen, but I wasn't stressing on how it happened. And one of the things that I shared with Taj a while ago, I'm a big phrase guy, right? And one of my favorite phrases is uh, be stubborn on goal, but flexible on detail, right? I have this goal to become an entrepreneurial events coordinator in the electronic music space. I don't know how the hell I'm going to get there, but I'm not worried about the details. I don't have to go in a straight line, be stubborn on goal, but flexible on details. And I try and remind myself of that with every step that I take, getting closer and closer to my dream. Um, meeting Brad at that party was, was step one. Be stubborn on goals and flexible on the details, right? That's how it yep. goes. Mm -hmm. That's a heavy hitter right there, man. I love that. I love that. I, it's crazy because I feel like that's a principle that I live my life by without even knowing it. And you, you kind of just really did a good job of putting that into words right now. And your entire story, everything you share with us leading up to now is really a testament to that. So let's get into it, man. Um, let's actually talk about what you're doing now, because you told the tale of how you got there. But Talk to us about what is, it's just noise. Talk to us about everything you're up to currently while you're out there in San Diego. I miss it, by the way, man. You missed, we were talking beforehand, you moved. I think you got there the day that I was leaving to move Pretty out much. to Texas. Pretty much. But anyway, man, we'll link it. We'll link up when I'm back there in, uh, in January. But yes. So first of all, plug, it's just noise. We're on Instagram. It's spelled I-T-S-J-U-S-T-N-O-I-Z-E. So it's just noise, one word with a Z. Um, go ahead and follow us if you care, or if you care and you're in the area, you can guarantee that I'll be there. Come introduce yourself. Um, like I said, I'm a very nice person. So how I describe it's just noise to someone. It's just noise. We are a small DJ events DJ Collective Events Collective. So what that means is we have five DJs that are under us uh, and two other people, myself and Derek, who 
are more of the promoter going out type who are making connections at other events and, and, you know, trying to lock in different slots to have our, our, our DJs um, increase their, their notoriety in the area. But what we do right now and what we've been doing since January is we throw monthly renegades. We call them renegades. So if you're familiar with the house community in San Diego, it's very, very underground uh, compared to Los Angeles. Not a lot of stuff is corporately established here. Um, and I like that because it allows all these different little groups to create exactly the pocket of life that they want to create. And so um, I didn't come up with the idea. I stepped in when they were two months in, but their idea was to create a following and eventually long-term be able to have events that are, it's just noise events. So right now we just have events where it's just us, just our five artists and possibly we'll have someone else that we know from another group headline and, and try and get their crowd but we throw monthly parties. So once a month, we go out to the Bay, we set up our, our light bars, we set up our speakers, and we have everyone who wants to come join. We're donations-based, cash, Venmo. We do our marketing through Instagram and through word of mouth and through WhatsApp, which that's something that we're working on right now. We actually just got a new CRM, and we're going to have things um, a lot more organized in that sense so that we can be more efficient in the way that we get our get our get our name out there but that's so that's what we're doing right now is just monthly parties and in between those monthly parties me and Derek and the other people going out and telling people about us and you know how the Instagram game goes hey follow me I'll follow you check us out share us with people that are interested um what we've had in the works over the last couple of months was creating a label so one of our DJs Marty ran a label ran a record label for five years about five years ago. Um, so he's got that experience. And so what he decided to do is he's like, not only are we going to be a DJ events collective, but let's also start a label so that we can legally put original music out from our artists. And we can also use that as a platform to allow other artists who don't have connections to release stuff on the It's Just Noise label. Um, again, creating experiences for other people. Maybe someone doesn't know how to get to where they want to get to as a DJ. Luckily, we have this guy, Marty, who ran a record label for five years. And so he knows how to do this. And so that was our next plan of action. So December, I mean, October 7th, early in October, we released our first original. Um, I took over the duty of learning how to market releases learning how to run a label all from this guy marty so that's kind of where my focus is right now is learning how to be a label marketing manager um for lack of a a, a better term um and so we have that going on as a side not a side but as a different aspect of it, it's just noise um and it's working out for us so far um and our goal for the next couple months with it being a little bit colder which People who don't live in California, yes, I know, 60 degrees is cold for us San Diego people. Um, but it's getting darker sooner. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to, with our increased following over the last 11 months, figure out a way to get into indoor venues a little bit more and being able to get some money from ticket sales. And so with the underground house community that's down here in San Diego, there's a lot of opportunities where there are 
legal warehouses that throw events. And so, you know, we have some things in the works that we can't talk about yet because they're not official, but we're planning on getting some indoor indoor events uh, over the next couple months and just trying to increase our reach. Um, we are very early in what we're doing. And so from now until the point where we can go into an event space and say, we are, it's just noise. We can guarantee that we can have X amount of people here. You'll get this amount of money from ticket sales. We're not quite there yet, but with the help of everyone in our community, uh, I don't even know what we would call them noisers, I guess. Everyone who follows us with the help of any, everyone in our community, we're trying to get there naturally. We're not out selling merchandise. We're not out on Instagram paying for followers. We want to create a community that encompasses the same love for house, the same love for fashion and culture and everything that revolves around the house community in the most natural way possible. Um, so that's who we are. It's just noise. DJ Events Collective. Hopefully you'll be hearing about us a little bit more and a little bit more as time goes on. Um, but that's the best way that I could put who we are. And excuse me, I'm a very uh, short story long kind of guy. So I hope that <laughs> made sense. Oh, you're good, man. I appreciate you going into depth. Um, th the main thing, man, is I'm just excited for you, you know, and I appreciate you circling back with me and filling me in on everything that you're up to. And even more so being willing to come on here and share how you got there because everything that you're doing right now, like you said, it's very early, you know? So that's, what's exciting about it to me is like, okay, Shay's right here. Where's he going to be six months, a year, two years, five years from now? Cause all of this has really transpired in like less than a year, realistically. Um, and so that's exciting to me, man. And what you're doing is really what it's all about. You know, you, you, I preach this all the time. People who listen to the show, they've heard me say time and time again, you do what you have to do until you can do what you really want to do. Like there's no shame in, working a job like you say you're still working in sales it's paying your bills but on the side you're going all out with making the dream come to life until that's the main thing and it's still so early on man so um i want people to really take that away from your story and um it's just super exciting man before we get out of here i want to just i think a perfect way for us to close out is for you to give some whatever's on your heart to share uh, advice to a former athlete who just lost because that was you just not too long ago, man. Uh, what do you have to say to those athletes out there who might be listening right now? They're done playing and they're just trying to figure out their next steps. I'll try to be as concise as possible. Um, I mean, step number one is show yourself some compassion with whatever that you're struggling with, because I know you're struggling with something. Um, show yourself some compassion and understand that it's going to take time and effort to get to where you want to be. Um, if you are in a place where you are coaching or you're going to play overseas or you're still involved in, in your sport in some capacity, that's, that's amazing. You're already a little bit, more ahead of ahead of the rest of us but for for those of you who are you know cold turkey done with the sport that you're playing and you're trying to figure out what you want to do show yourself compassion first of all because it's going to take a while um i mean i'm 27 i stopped when i was 21 it's been six years which is crazy to think about and like i said i'm not even i'm not even where i want to be 
but I know that what everything that I want exists in time and space. The only difference is that I have to act upon it. Um, and then, you know, find, find something new that motivates you in the ways that sports did. Um, don't try and revert back to what made you happy before. Don't try and revert back to what made you comfortable before. I'm not saying drop every single interest that you have, but try new things. Um, try entering different friend groups. Um, ask those questions to people that you're not comfortable asking and, and see, see where that brings you to. Um, also, this is just based on my experience, but if you have the means financially, um, if you are in a place that it's safe to be able to do so, travel by yourself. This doesn't mean that you have to go to Bali for a week and get a butt tattoo and party, right? This doesn't mean that you have to uh, drive across the country. Uh, in my experience, I drove myself for three months around the Pacific Northwest. I stayed in a cabin in Idaho for three weeks with only Wi-Fi and I cried a lot. I called my mom a lot. I had massive anxiety, panic attacks. <clears throat> I left the cabin a week before I was supposed to because I was just freaking out and I needed to be by people again. But it made me who I am today. And start doing little things by yourself and you understand. You'll understand yourself more. You'll be able to find your newfound young adult interests, interests easier. Uh, don't get caught up in having to be defined by who you're hanging out with or what you've done in the past. Um, I guess the biggest advice, yeah, do things by yourself. I don't really know how to explain how it's going to get you to where you want to be, but do things by yourself because then you'll start to realize things that you like that you didn't know that you liked. Then you'll start to realize things that you still have in your life that you don't like, and you can shed those things. And I'll tell you this, you will start to realize that you are growing and you're getting close to achieving what you want to achieve. When people start to come up to you and ask you, are you okay? Damn, man, you've changed. We're supposed to change. You're supposed to change. And you're only going to be able to do that by doing things by yourself because that allows you to be uncomfortable. The uncomfortable being uncomfortable is one of the biggest, biggest things I took from my college baseball coach. He always said, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Okay. Doing things by yourself is very uncomfortable. Trust me. Right. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, man, that's, that's phenomenal advice right there. Um, I know you talked about the, it's just noise Instagram earlier. We'll have that in the show notes, but what are some other ways that people can get in touch with you and follow the journey or just reach out if they want to? Yeah. Um, so I have a personal Instagram called better with butter. Like I said, everything's better with butter, baby. Don't forget. Um, it is B E T T R with W I T H B U T T R R R. Um, you'll see what it is when I, when I send, uh, Taj the, the, the viral video, but that's my personal Instagram. That's also my personal events, entrepreneurial Instagram. Um, that's the best way to get in touch with me. If you're in the San Diego area, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, if you're struggling with something, please feel to reach out. Feel free to reach out to me. I would love to have conversations with you. If you like house music, come to one of my events. Come introduce yourself. Um, also, if you live somewhere else, hit me up. 
direct message me. I will, I will gladly answer any questions. I will gladly help you if you need to be helped or just talk to you about something. I know a lot about random things in the United States, places to go, people to see. Um, let me know, hit me up. I'll, I'll have, I'll have Taj, uh, share, share the link there better with butter. Um, yeah, Instagram, Instagram is the best way to reach me. But like I said, I'm a very genuine person. I'm very inviting. Um, I got a smile on my face at all times. Hit me up on Instagram. If you guys have questions, guys and girls, I would love to help you out. And also if you want to move to San Diego, if you live in San Diego, I can try my best to get you in contact with whomever it is that you want to get in contact with, whether it's professionally, whether it's a softball team, whether it's someone to surf with. Um, I know a lot of people down here. And like I said, I'm most happy when I can create an experience for someone. So if I can help you out, please feel free to reach out. Love it. Shay Butter, you're the man, bro. I just appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing. I know people are going to get a lot out of this, so I'm excited to get this out. And um, I know your story is a great one, man. And like I said, I appreciate you circling back with me just to keep me updated on what you got going on. It's always great to hear stuff like that. And I couldn't be more excited for where you're going, man. I'm excited for where you're at right now. Don't get me wrong, but I'm 10 times <laughs> more excited for where you're going, man. So um, once again, Thank you for your time, bro. Everybody who's tuned in, thank you for making it to the end of the episode. This has been another phenomenal episode of Thrive After Sports with Shay Harrison, better known as Shay Butter. We'll see you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you, guys.